0: a christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about christian topics it is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a christian perspective
1: we have to understand god rightly to know him intimately
0: it is the gospel that orients my thinking on every other issue. You can know, if you're trusting in Jesus, that every single atom in this mm-hmm. universe is working for your good. That's why I'm sticking with Jesus.
1: Not because he always does what I want him to do. I'm sticking with Jesus because I just haven't found any
2: better alternative.
1: Hello guys, uh, you're welcome to the Black Barrier podcast. This is episode 71. My name is Mary and I'm in the room with Richard and Dammy. How are you guys
2: doing? You're all good. I'm all right still.
0: Yeah, I'm all right, you know. I'm cool. Um, just trying to take, I don't know, lockdown. Is this four? In, in the strike. <laughs>
1: tier
0: four, tier five. we're like tier five, yeah. Just trying to <laughs> acclimatise to that. I mean, there's not much change basically for the last nine months or so. But um, New Year at least. So I think the optimism of the New Year where it was like, may we be out of it, have things to do. God, please let us outside. Uh, yeah, not yet. Um, but otherwise, it's all right. Work is starting to pick up a bit um, as the, the the month is starting to roll on. Um, otherwise, just chilling, man. There's, um, God's been good. Uh, I was unwell for a piece um, last couple of weeks, but feeling better, which is good. So, yeah, man, can't complain. Ooh. How about you both? Richard, I know you've got some... Exciting- some big news.
2: <laughs>
0: Richard? Maybe not that exciting to him though. <laughs> Hunter, do you know what happened? My laptop froze still. Oh, okay.
2: Cool. Oh, sorry. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So baby was born, thankfully. Woo. Uh, so baby boy, so that's father of three. So as of the 12th of um, Jan, I had a third child, which means I'm now 38. Um, <laughs> clearly one is now stupidly old. Uh, I feel old, too. I feel tired. Um, oh, but no, like in, in all honesty, like hella thankful, like it's been it's been good. Like the young girls, you might hear little bits of noise from them in the background here and there. But um yeah, the girls have taken to him really well. Um That's great. we're settling in well. Uh we're just it really it really is just going through the motions again of having no sleep. Um <laughs> which is which is feeling a bit mad. But you know, burping him, like watching him during the night, making sure he's sleeping fine. You're going just going through all the like the tests, the midwives coming, you know, us going to places. Yeah, it's just long, but it's good. It's good. We're thankful, thankful, definitely thankful.
0: There's definitely been a, a recent baby boom, obviously, owing to the fact that people are, are at home. Um, but yeah, so thankful to see so many people that we know, um, giving birth to, yeah, people. catching
1: kids,
2: huh?
0: Catching kids, catching kids.
1: <laughs> um, that, that's that like lockdown loving,
2: lockdown loving.
1: Lockdown loving man. Chat with the married couples. Yeah, but no okay. I, definitely
2: well, a a... <laughs> I definitely saw name.
1: I definitely saw a video of your second daughter uh looking at your,
2: your, your son. Me.
1: with that with that Kiki Palmer. Kill I don't me. know that man. Sorry to that man.
2: Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, yeah, yeah, she fully gave him <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she had to inspect him first. <laughs> yeah, check. Uh, I was only seeing that
1: middle child, that middle child popping up
2: yeah it's weird like just the kind of attention that she wants and at the same time like I'll be carrying um Eli is the boy I'll be carrying Eli for example and yeah she'll just fully like climb on top of him to get to me and I'm just like yo (laughs) chill but um (laughs) but no yeah she's good like really in all honesty like she's coping much better than we thought she would like she's actually doing really well um and yeah just like she loves his hair his hair's fluffy apparently so
0: so yeah
1: no, that's good to hear. Mary, how are you? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. I've been uh, somewhat busy. Uh, I'm, my birthday's coming up, so my plan was to go go away, whoop, whoop. but that's a myth now. Mm. So it's just kind of getting used to the fact that, you know, I've got to stay in this country a bit longer.
0: All the travel got shut down.
1: Fam, Boris, Boris Jed said no more. To be honest, people were thinking, like, this should have been done time ago.
0: So. Mm, to be fair.
1: Shout out all the people that are returning from Dubai, just finally, you know, knowing they can't go anymore. But uh, yeah, apart from that, I can't complain, just, just work and trying to stay busy and go on some walks and ca- keep quite active. So yeah, apart from that, I've been good though. It okay. is a
2: bit mad though. Like, I, I've, it's you know, it's just weird, but I've been looking, like whenever I'm on like online and stuff, like I was saying, people always just refer to us as though we're a mess. It's really weird. Like, obviously, we're meant to be like the UK and look at us, we're like Plague Island. But anyway, um, is it's a bit <laughs> weird is what it is Hopefully it we'll is what it is for sure well later. um but yeah man what we do, what are we discussing today anyway what are we talking about
1: so we're continuing uh our series on church in the wild so just all around the church so previous episode we've spoken about church online church membership last episode we spoke about fellowship a lot of people found that episode quite challenging and encouraging yeah, so thanks for that okay. and today we're going to be talking about i feel like i need a little bit of a praise jam because we're going to be talking about preaching um when we're talking about preaching. Obviously, we've got, got Richard who who preaches, we've got Dami. Dami, you've, you've taught a bit, you know, in, in your day.
0: yeah um, but cool. yeah, are
1: gonna, gonna be talking about yeah, What no, are you gonna going, to say, Dami?
0: I was gonna say that this is one that you might have assumed you'd probably be hearing more so kind of Richard and Israel who do this far more than Fam. I do. Um but yeah, thank thank God nonetheless for the small opportunities I've had. Um but yeah, I'll be I'll be keen to hear both of your thoughts as well, because I think there are questions that will kind of unpack that. Um, even if you, you haven't preached much or you're thinking about preaching or just kind of thinking more about the gifts you have, um, there may be some helpful things for us to kind of just think through on this. on this yeah. I thought, yeah, sure. I thought, Mary, haven't you
2: done some preaching in your day? <laughs> um, I've done some
1: small teaching, small small Bible studies here and there, um, oh, yeah. but nothing, nothing is as extensive. Even when I was thinking through the topic of preaching, I was trying to think of like my earliest memories of listening to sermons. So like maybe before mm. I came to faith, or even when I was a child, and I was just can just to begin, like what were your like earliest memories of like listening to preaching and hearing that in church, and what did you think through it? Like did you did you grasp its importance, or were you just thinking like what
2: is this man talking about? Back in the scenes of Manchester,
1: oh yeah, 0161.
2: <laughs> <laughs> them it was, I think Pentecostal Pentecostal church, African church specifically. Um, and I just remember it being like eight, nine hours, ten hours. Like, I'm thinking, what is this man talking about? They're the <laughs> preaching hours, the whole thing. I, yeah, <laughs> all, yeah, I was like ten hours. You know, a man has a lot to say. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> that's some of my earliest memories. To be honest, um, just long, long sermons, long, long, long sermons. So, so yeah,
0: yeah. I think my earliest memory is probably similar church background. Um, but, but probably, I, I think preaching had its place, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was the um, the central part of the church service. Thinking back on it, I think it probably had less time than kind of praise and worship. I think when you when I think back like the totality of the services, there's like there's praise and worship. There's kind of time for testimonies. Offering could take ages, despite you know just be collecting people's money. But because there's praise and worship during the offering. Um, You might have that part too. Um, And then, yeah, when it eventually came to the sermon, um, yeah, I don't remember it being, you know, that extensive. Um, I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think I was like super engaged um, anyway. So I can't really remember the content of many sermons. um, But from what I remember of the kind of like placement of it during the service, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was of kind of like utmost importance when I think about just the, say um the importance of it in the context of other things that took place or if you want to do it by kind of time way, yeah how much kind of time was invested in in listening to to preaching how about you mary
1: yeah very similar very 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 similar like growing up you know praise and worship was was the most important aspect of the service and then you know you, you get almost the high of the the praise and worship and then the preaching comes and then that's usually when you try and find a way to sneak out try and find a way to go to the toilet you know that extended toilet break you might catch catch someone in the hallway just talking and then you come back watch them finish the sermon and then you jump back into the last praise and worship segment um so yeah it was it was something you you had to listen through and of course you were trying to see if it was engaging and if it kind of related to you but for me I definitely didn't grasp its importance and even as I was getting older I remember like being in uni and we would do these different um kind of concerts and people will be like okay we have to put you know 10 minutes for quick sermon jam a quick you know gospel exposition I'll be like oh man like you're looking at the schedule you're trying to see how can I how can can I cut this preaching to 10-15 minutes but then give an hour for the drama or or for other things I I definitely didn't guard this importance (laughs) church
0: church dramas used to kill me man
1: (laughs) Church (laughs) church dramas Like just all of them were just pants as well. Like just some of the things they were, they were trying to do. There's just
0: oh, I've got so many memories of church drama. Yeah, I, I can I can think back to some some wild some wild.
2: Uh, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here thinking like the is universal. The way that Mary <laughs> described her ducking and dipping from services. Boy, and, like I thought that was just me. Like nah. I would even be timing it if I bopped to the shops. The, the chicken and chips. And then go to this place, I can make it back in time before the parents realize I was gone, you know? And then when they yeah. asked, where were you? I was helping out at the back with the crowd. Bruv,
1: I was the biggest errand girl. Like, anything you needed me to do uh, during the sermon, I got you. Oh, Mary, go and carry this go and carry this child. Perfect, I got you. Just to escape the preaching. I used to think the preaching was so boring. Um, mm. But but for those who are listening, why, why would you say that preaching is important? Why is preaching important?
2: Mm. Damien, do you want to take it first?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll go before I'm, I'm. Well, I've been pushed anyway. <laughs> um, I think if I'm thinking about it, I'll probably approach it from uh, a macro and a micro perspective. So, I think in the context of the um, series that we've been doing, um, thinking about it for the for the purposes of the church, um, God God sees it as important because He's decided to act by His Spirit through His Word, um, and that means that. Preaching is the foundational basis for all of the kind of marks of a of a healthy church. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago. This will probably expose how how bad I am when it comes to boring people's books. Richard gave me his um Mark Deva nine marks, and actually in that book he started with. Um, we'll go on to probably dis- discuss this expository pe- preaching as the kind of the first element um, of a of a healthy church, and I guess. If it operates as the foundational basis for your, because you may be able to say, he gives the example of a church where, um, by by God's grace, they may have stumbled upon, you know, um, people kind of doing fellowship in a decent enough way, people giving and serving with a level of dedication. Um, but if the ch- if the preaching in the church is bad, none of those things are necessarily done to the to uh, in in the most God glorifying way. They're not as effective as they could be because the way in which people do those things aren't constantly being challenged, revitalized and refreshed um, by the Bible being opened up and taught to them. So it informs the way that they kind of work and involve themselves in church life. Um, And then, yeah, just thinking about kind of um, Paul's arguments in First Corinthians um, 11 to 14 all of what we do in church life ultimately is for um, the edification of the body and preaching is a, a good preaching, should I say, um, and I will we'll go on to discuss expositional preaching, which I think is the better standard that ultimately um, impacts has the, has the most fundamental impact on the body of Christ being built up, particularly on a local level that when I speak about, um, on a micro level, so that being kind of as it pertains to us as individuals. Apologies if you can hear kind of cars and stuff driving past. Um, yeah, it's th- that's more so to kind of do with preaching being the way that 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 that, that forms faith, and then ultimately kind of directing, um, hearing it constantly. It being the way in which our lives um, are directed, are shaped, and molded. Um, I'm thinking here that like the the Bible places the the Word of God as the central focus um, of church life and and what we should be um, what we should be kind of building our faith upon and that's a that's something that God has revealed throughout history the central importance of His Word um, so that's from Genesis where He even creates the world by His Word um, it's in the kind of the first gospel the first promise that we see in genesis 3 after the fall um jesus christ coming into the world the word made flesh um and then even the sanctifying effect that the word has upon us um so thinking about that kind of like your john 17 sanctify them by your truth your word is truth um so the the central importance of of the word means that preaching has to be elevated in our minds as christians because um it has that impact, not only creating faith, but also kind of sustaining it and um shaping our lives and molding our lives by it. Um so yeah, those are my kind of initial thoughts on why preaching is important.
2: Mm, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Mary, have you got thoughts as well that you want to share?
1: Um I, I think I think um yeah, similar to Dummy, just just seeing the priority of preaching um and what what that looks like in a in a local church context, just thinking through Various passages uh, in the in the Bible that that links salvation to gospel proclamation, which is seen in preaching. Um, and yeah, so how how they hear right. if no one preaches? Um, yeah. How Paul is encouraging Timothy in Second Timothy four, I believe, just to preach the word in and out of season, and he's doing that in a, in a church setup. So yeah, so just even though we even when we think through how like what a church should be, what a church should have. Uh, preaching and teaching is vital uh it's it's preeminent preaching the word of god um is something that should always be done uh because that's how god has set up that men will be saved and and that his people will be built up as well his people will be reproved his people will be exalted uh onto godliness and and that happens through preaching where as the as the person is preaching the word of christ the spirit is pleased uh to bless that and impart that into their hearts for onto salvation until um in in growing in grace so yes just just prioritizing the the notion of preaching and seeing it's important is it's been something that i've over the years began to begin to see more and more coming from someone who is who loved kind of the praise and worship and of course that does have its have its importance but being able to actually understand that in a church service almost a climatic point of, of of a service is being able to hear god's word explained um that's that's
2: what i would add what about you richard preacher preacher man Funny enough, you said you loved praise and worship. I'm sure you're organising a prayer, a uh, worship night recently or something. I'm like done. <laughs> I'm about to <laughs> on about the, um, the chatty house. But yeah, I guess before before I want to touch on something that Dammy Dammy mentioned. Just um, I can't remember it was Mark Deborah's book that he borrowed from me two years ago that I haven't received back yet. <laughs> um, change the yeah, ways, Dammy. Change mentioned that um expository preaching was was is the preferred or the best method. I I I think it's probably nice just to come back to that at some point, but um. Yeah, I think just my thoughts why it's important. Um, I guess taking it from more of a historical point of view, since you guys have already like explained wonderfully. Um, yeah, just more more generally, and and just in terms of like how how the scripture seems to speak about it quite directly. Um, yeah, I think for most of the church's history, believers never actually had their own Bibles. Um, the majority of the church never like owned their own Bibles that they had on their phones or that they had like sitting down on their shelves at home and stuff like that. And so that's more of a that's more of a recent phenomenon, relatively speaking. And so actually like the role of the preacher was um and is to to read the word, to explain it, to encourage the saints, to instruct them, uh, to exhort them, you know, to challenge them, to rebuke them, um, and to train them and equip them for for god for life and godliness. And and I think when you just have that in mind and you appreciate then that the the people would come in Sit under the preaching of the word, hear the gospel clearly explained to them, as well as the the the, the rich truths that flow out of that, um, and that they would then meditate upon those words and memo, essentially memorizing it and it, like embodying it and trying to understand its applications. Then I think from there you already see that you know, like preaching was fundamentally how God's people grew. Um, and the health of the church was directly linked to the preacher themselves like to the, to the, to the nature of the preaching itself and obviously even though we've moved into a time where don't get me wrong now people do have you know their bible translations on their phones and, and i think that's a good thing that people can can access the word readily it doesn't take away from the fact that actually preaching signifies a, like a hell of a lot in terms of the health of the church as dami mentioned um, you know what the church is what the church's spiritual diet is in one sense um, and what, what the church believes, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think, it, I think it's even just important from that, from that sphere as well, just understanding historically the role that, that, that preaching, that preaching played in one sense, you know, if, if, if the fish stinks from the top down, right? Like if, if, if the preacher was, you know, preaching rubbish, the whole church was following him, you know, into, into, into stupidity. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just such a pivotal thing, such 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 a pivotal thing. And even now in this day and age, like we see so many churches that go astray. And you know, it's it's rarely that a church goes astray, but the preacher is you know preaching consistently truth, you know, and 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 sound theology. Usually, when the church has gone astray, the first person to to actually start heading down that, that road is actually the preacher themselves. So so yeah, I think that's I think that's um so yeah so the word of God just has to be protected. Especially those who explain it, um, but yeah, I think that's just worth something so that's something worth mentioning uh, in general. Mm,
1: super helpful, I, and I wonder if it will be useful just to define what preaching is. I know it seems like such a simple question, but preaching, and I know I've mentioned teaching. So, how would you define preaching? Uh, and does that, that always involves teaching as
2: well? Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think preaching always involves some level of teaching. Um, Preaching is essentially the person who's delivering in, in, in this context in which we're speaking, anyway. Um, from what I'm gathering, is is the person who's who's preaching. It's the role of the elder in the church or the elders of the church to preach, um, to preach the word uh, in, a re, in in regular gatherings, um, and to deliver the sermons essentially for the people. Um, yeah, and and they're those who would essentially yeah walk walk through walk through the scriptures, explaining it, um, teaching it. Um, so that people might understand so that people can understand it clearly you know um and yeah it's it's one function i think sometimes we 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 look at the elder and we think oh um this person's an elder because they're a preacher actually no it's just one function of many you know um but it is a it is a key function nevertheless you know uh and so yeah i think i think the fact that an elder preaches even that being probably one of the the distinguishing features between the elder and the deacon, for example, right in the scriptures, is is the role of preaching um, for the elder, and and obviously some other things like church discipline and stuff. But but specifically preaching, um, yeah, I think that's I think that says I think that says a lot. Um, so yeah,
1: mm. Dammy, is there anything you wanted to say to that?
0: Um, no, nothing, nothing really to to add on on Richard's point. I guess this kind of moves us into a conversation because Richard was saying he wanted to come back to it about. Um, kind of expository preaching but I guess from my yes. yeah I guess yeah hold on before we get before we get to that um Richard made the point about kind of what you might hear a lot of the times in sermons and and stuff these days perhaps when you go on online and and that might actually particularly during the period where we're in lockdown be a specific temptation to just kind of get your preaching from anywhere and everywhere and um yeah Mary you you mentioned it as well in in second Timothy four Paul's words to Timothy about preaching the word um because preachers aren't kind of just called to to kind of um you know give these these moral anecdotes or give history lessons or even provide social commentary that is an increasing feature of what you see at least online i feel maybe it's social media only gives me a small um perspective on some of the kind of popular um preaching that people enjoy these days but the warning for for Timothy to preachers preach the word um, is because people stand up, then start to develop itching ears and they'll start, you know, um, accumulating teachers for themselves to suit their own passions. And then Richard's point was also, um, it guards the way against going, wandering off into truth, which is one of the other kinds of perils that Paul encourages Timothy to preach the word um, against. Um, so yeah, the... the audience driven nature, I think of preaching is is very, very prevalent in today's day. And I think as we've already kind of alluded to, we want to encourage our preachers to avoid that. Um, so that we don't, we we don't sound like the world because you might hear uh, a lot of preaching, quote unquote, sermons these days, that just sound like I might get this guy's name wrong, Tony Robbins, you know, like that, that super motivational guy. Is that his name? Do you guys know?
2: I don't know. Who you're talking that about. it's not Tony Robbins. Uh, oh, actually, ooh, I don't know, it might be Tony Robbins, but I f- I think you might be thinking about um is it Eric Thomas or it e-
0: It might it might be it might, be him. It might I f- I feel like there's a guy called Tony Robbins, but besides the point anyway like yeah, I
2: think there is. You're right. I think you're right. Go on. Yeah, like
0: these these super motivational life coaches, Do you know what I mean? Um and if you're not careful, the stuff that you the stuff that you might be digesting um just sounds increasingly um like that as right. opposed to actually people just um, being committed to unpacking the Word of God um, in its in its right context and allowing people, I guess, ultimately to, to hear truth, but also to understand where the truth comes from. Um, I think Richard made a great point about hearing preaching and the preaching, not just sitting with you whilst you're listening to the sermon, but it encouraging you to go back that evening or throughout the course of the week to meditate upon what you've heard um, and to be like I said earlier, moved by it, molded by it. So you're hearing the preaching and it's impacting the way that you make decisions and live your life throughout the course of the weeks. Um, so that was my only kind of, yeah, my only add-on, which actually was longer than <laughs> yeah. I'd suggested, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was going to say, what did you learn from my book?
0: What did I learn from the book? The
2: book that you still have.
0: Damn, well, we didn't go, finish it.
2: Let's go pick it up and summarize. it, <laughs> <laughs> did you finish it? I I know I didn't
0: finish it. I, I didn't finish it. Um, well, did I, Mary?
1: <laughs> is it a long, is it a lengthy book?
0: Huh?
1: Is it a lengthy book?
0: Um, I think oh, wow. I think it's a few hundred pages. Okay. Um, I think it's a few hundred pages. But but yeah, I mean, I I think I read chapters as opposed to reading it from cover to cover. Okay. Um, but it's far more important to be making sure that I remember what I hear in sermons. So
1: yeah, because you you guys have made mention of kind of expository preaching, and, and I'm assuming that. Is your kind of preferable way of preaching? So, could you kind of explain what expository preaching is? If there's alternatives and why you believe. Oh I, did, I didn't say that.
2: Dammy, Dammy's the one who said expository. I'm saying I want to know what the book said, so I know what I'm what I'm saying. Oh no!
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, so yeah. So, in in the book, if I remember correctly, his point was, um, you should always, you should, churches. I say you churches should always, almost always, um use expositional preaching because the word of God is the central focus both for the minister who preaches as well as the church um who are hearing um so that's opposed to like um I think he yeah he he, he contrasted it to kind of topical preaching so and, and this isn't and I should add here that I don't and I'm sure Mark Dever and Richard who will go on to explain his view don't believe that um preachers can't preach on certain topics but if Sunday to Sunday um all you're hearing is kind of topical sermons that are kind of driven by maybe matters that are occurring in society or in culture, or even kind of dare I say biblical topics like um justice, holiness. Um what I think I think what can happen is you yeah, you don't spend Necessarily, a great deal. Uh, you don't spend a gr- necessarily a great deal of time, um, kind of zeroing in on um, the word. Um, so you may be able to like pull different kinds of scriptures from different places and speak on a particular topic. I don't necessarily. I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think that's useful and has its has its place from time to time. Um, but I think Mark Dever's suggestion, and I think I'm inclined to agree with it, was that actually, what can be Beneficial for people on more, more regularly is for you to kind of pick a particular passage um, and to sp- spend your time opening up that passage up because what you do is you convey the text of scripture where it is and the context in which it was inspired. Um, so yeah, those are my those are my comments on his his view. Richard, would you rebut it? Is the question I'll put to you?
2: Nah, 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 nah. So for me, like i th- I think if i had to pick one yes expository for sure um and not just expository preaching but actually going through um because in one sense okay i think maybe it's helpful just to define by expository i don't just necessarily mean um picking a small text and then ex- like explaining that specific text mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, i actually mean even more so going from end to end mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, within a book you know or even in the bible like Actually, going from end to end, I think, is probably the purest form of expository preaching. Right, you know, and that's and that's really making sure people understand the context as you're mm-hmm. going through it. Do you got know what I'm trying to say? Because, mm-hmm. for example, Spurgeon did a lot of expository preaching in a sense, but he was preaching random texts and he was drawing the gospel out of each of them. Mm-hmm. But in the process of doing that, sometimes what you can do is you can try and find certain things that aren't actually there, um, in order to you know to get the gospel out in the way you want to get it out or something like that. Right. 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 that's, um, and that's, that could be problematic as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, I think the the purest form of expository preaching is actually going from end to end in, in, you know, in the Bible, from the Bi- Bible end to end, or at least the book end to end. And I think that gives you a, um, a much more concrete sense when it comes to, yeah, just getting the whole context and understanding the whole flow of the argument, etc. But I think as well as, but if i me personally i think as well as like trying to like i the way i see expository preaching is almost like going into a in going into a park um and trying to or going into a forest and go and and looking at a tree and then going like climbing up that tree and then taking a specific leaf and then ripping off that leaf and then looking looking at every single like vein and you know and and aspect and the and the and the, and the type of color and all of that kind of stuff and the and the shape etc and really trying to examine that leaf in all its thoroughness so that you can get as much out of it as you can. Um, but I think that as well as doing that and like and making sure you don't leave any leaf unturned, like I think there's still a, a sense in which sometimes we'll actually because the Bible is all one, um, and it's and it's it's inspired by the one, by that, by the Holy Spirit, it's spoken by the Father, you know, the the Son is the Word, the Spirit is has carried men along to write it. I think there's a sense in which it's always useful also to step back. And also see the bigger picture and understand and essentially see the, take a whole view of the forest and actually try and get a, a glimpse of what it's saying. And I think in a, and that's a, a bit more systematic, but that's you trying to understand what are the role of the covenants, right, in the Bible? Um, what's actually the biblical story as a whole? Like, what's the meta narrative? You know, what's, um, what does the Bible speak about when it says about love? What's the transition and the difference between people in the Old Testament and the New Testament? And how are we to understand that? how is God, the old Testament still the same God of the new and what does, and what does change? What doesn't change, you know, how does Eden relate to heaven and glory and what are the pictures there? Do you know what I'm trying to say? And I think you can only really see those, that big string sometimes if you actually take a step back. Mm -hmm. I think you can do that with expository preaching, but I think Mm -hmm. sometimes topical preaching lends itself well towards actually like, or at at least systematic preaching lends itself well to actually dealing with some of that kind of stuff as well. And so,
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing 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 there at all that I disagree with and, and um yeah I don't want to give a, a sense that a narrow view of expository preaching just being you know picking one one particular verse um and kind of staying there. Absolutely you want to encourage people to understand the context um by using the whole Bible. And I think um yeah, just coming coming back to a point that you made, um, there in both the old testament and and the new testament, um those who those who heard God's word and believed it, um, the 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 promise or His word. Those those are the those are those who are, are marked as God's people. Do you know what I mean? Um, those who hear the, the 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 instruction from from God's word and um, they they rely upon it and and they ho- take hold of it. Um, those those are the ones who the Lord refer like refers to as His people. So that's that's from Abraham to. Um, to, this, to the saints in the New Testament mm. that that's that's something that we should all um be encouraged by and learn of how central the, God's word was to um those people as as well as it should be to us so mm. yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's the only thing I would, I would add on that point
1: yeah um I would agree I, I think I sit under more expository preaching I don't really know if I always notice if it's topical or expository but I, I do think that Good preaching should kind of start in a biblical text, stay in the text, and, and try and show what God intended that that text to mean in a way that is very kind of applicable. Um, and I think I think if that's the the preacher's aim when they, when they're preaching, I, I, th- I think yeah, that's going to be a very biblical sermon. Um, I, I, I think the the temptation is to almost kind of bring your own opinions or okay, what do, what do my people need to hear. And then you start to think about, you know, the culture and all these different stuff. And then mm. you, you try and push that through in the text as opposed to letting the text that you pick or kind of drive that.
2: Um, so would you go not- to a conference that speaks on womanhood in general?
1: I would, but I, I think that's that's a conference and I think that's something that's been intended. Or a Bible study. time. Bible study, again, I would because that's kind of intended. And I think even in in, in womanhood, a conference, there's a text that they're going to go through. Um, mm. I don't have an issue if you're picking different texts for your topic, because again, I think that's something that can be explained, and I see where you're going. But I think if it was just, if I was in a local church and every month there was a different topic, as opposed to a book or a passage, mm. I think that should be the kind of the priority. um Not to say topical preaching isn't helpful, because as you guys have said, I think it is very helpful. But I think yeah, I think it, a sermon should almost start in a text and stay in a text, um, and I think that's what good. The, the best sermons i've heard have been those wanting to just explain so I, I leave thinking okay i get what the main what the main takeaway from that text is and then i see how he's or he was able to apply that to me um in a way that's still faithful to the original meaning of the text but still um applicable to me and of course we know all good sermons preach christ um but yeah i, th- I think that was quite a good discussion and i hope that was quite helpful for those who sitting through their sermons thinking hmm, what kind of preaching is this um so richard someone who preaches when did you feel called to preach and for those who who almost would if they said you know i feel called to preach like what what would they do what should they do oh this could be for you Dami, as well because you might feel called to preach as well could be for you too mary <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, <But> it, <laughs> I, i'm not laughing because he said that to mary I'm laughing because I was really about to chime in and say I definitely do not. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll let Richard go. Then, then I will. Um, I'll, I'll say my okay,
2: and then Mary will say her piece. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess for me, um, I've always I've always been an orator, so someone who likes to speak, um, and who generally who generally speaks well and confident enough to speak well, et cetera, in front of people. Um, and I think it's it's good to be cautious that that's not the reason why you feel called to preach, if that makes sense. Because um, I think it's really easy for you just to think, oh no, well, I can talk well, so therefore I must preach. When actually that's that's far from the case, you know. Um, I almost want to compare it to um, Simon the Sorcerer, who literally said, you know, he was he was big in the game of his wizardry and stuff. He then obviously moved with the apostles, like started moving with the apostles and everyone. And then when he sees that their man are back in gifts, he's like, rah, I want some of that. Yo, you man, can I buy in? And it's it's wild because it's like, you know, you're looking at that and you're thinking, that's crazy. But in one sense, it's like people now come in and thinking, Oh, because I I I too shared had something like that in the world, I should now be um occupying this particular space. When actually it's there's much more to to um to taking the mantle and, and 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 declaring God's word than just you know, and 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 leading the saints in that way, than just um, I feel like I'm I'm good at this by myself. If that makes sense, or I want to be noticed because I feel that I can I can talk well or whatever. I just think there's much more to it than that. Or I think because I'm smart, I must. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the case. Um, and so yeah, I was actually really tentative when I moved to my current church. I was actually very tentative about preaching initially, and um, purely because I just wa- I didn't want to make sh- I wanted to make sure my motives were pure. And plus, I just didn't feel equipped relative to the saints that were around. Um, But yeah, over time, like, I'm not going to lie, I just, I just, the growing urge. um, And I think it's just started to show itself more and more just in my normal conversations with people. I think that, that was, and and I think that leads me on to, you know, really when it comes to preaching, I think there are just several things you want to look out for. If if you're thinking, oh, what should I do? I feel like I can preach, or I I feel called to preach, right? Not, I feel like I can, I feel called to um what, what, what should I do? You know, I think it's a great thing to aspire. I think Paul tells, you know, Paul tells Tim- Timothy, it's a, there's a, it's a noble thing for a man who desires, you know, um to the office of eldership, for example. So I think there's, there's actually something noble there about aspiring for that kind of role. Um, But just to know that the role comes with a lot and, and that actually that, like I said, there's more to even, um, and I, I, by the way, notice, I'm going to keep on linking preaching to eldership just because I think there's, I think there's actually an unbreakable link there. I don't think there's, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that there's a link, that that link can be severed. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think that link can be severed. I think that those who preach should really be, um, should be or should be en route to become elders or should be aspiring to be elders. Um, whether in that church or another church, that that should be the case. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, that the and i think once you appreciate that then you realize there's much more to them being called to preach right it's being called to occupy the role of elder and yeah that's that's a that's something that you'll feel called to one internally but secondly it's something that the church should affirm and should see in you in one sense and so you might have the church voting and stuff like that but thirdly i think that the elders of the church should really also um should also affirm that in you explicitly as well um, you see in Paul telling Timothy to entrust the God, to entrust unto other godly men that which had been entrusted into him. Um, there's almost this kind of this kind of passage, so much so that um, the Catholics, Roman Catholics would think that um, there's almost apostolic succession, right? You know, that you're passing down apostleship or something like that. Um, and some people have believed that kind of that kind of idea, but that's not the case. But what it is saying is that actually you should entrust to other godly men that which was entrusted to you. You should be able to Teach other men to to be able to to teach and lead in the way that you have also been taught to teach and lead, etc. Um, and then, yeah, finally, I think just godly conduct as well. Like, there's actually a, there's actually a standard. The bar is not low, um, and there's actually a duty for us to, to to uphold that bar because, like I said before, like the the corruption begins and the and the the turning away from the seriousness of the gospel to which we've been called begins from the top down right so so yeah I think that's really my 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 kind of viewpoint in a nutshell um just in terms of what you should do if you're feeling called to preach just appreciate what you're actually being called to do um yeah
0: yeah um very very helpful Richard and perhaps just to build off of Richard's last point um I have been going through the book of first Thessalonians in my Personal devotion and something that has been very striking to me um, has been Paul's words to the Thessalonian church about um, walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, um, being imitators of his and the faithful men's example of their godly conduct. Um, As a preacher, um, the the way in which people can receive the gospel, the genuineness um, with, with which it shows itself is certainly reinforced by. Um, the evident integrity of those who are preaching the word um so conduct is vitally important to to to, to those who aspire to the, to the office of eldership and as richard has 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 made clear the connection between that and preaching so certainly something to to keep in mind and and have in check when you're thinking about wanting to step into that role um, how am i living my day to day um are there particular kinds of um, issues sin issues that I'm finding a challenge do my elders know about those things and how am I fighting how am I um growing in dealing with um those issues definitely keep a, a good mark of your conduct on the on the practical side um so my my experience to Richard is a bit different um I have not um at any point in my Christian life um felt called to preach
1: wait um, on it wait on it
0: huh? <laughs> um um, and that's despite being um, or having conversations with my church elder about um, how how I may be able to employ um, speaking gifts that I may use in other capacities in the context of um, teaching or preaching in the church so i'm not saying that I haven't taught um, but as it just pertains to that kind of sense of an internal call that's not necessarily a tug i've felt that being said um, when it was when i discussed it with the church and i've discussed it with people like richard and and israel kingsley who you've heard on this podcast um me not necessarily feeling that internal call has not been a reason for me to not um to like one to rule it out entirely and to not cultivate the habits and patterns that somebody who ultimately goes on to do this role um should be doing on a regular basis and that is just sitting down and praying to God about about the, the thought of, of taking up that mantle and just having a, a regular pattern of, of praying, um, sitting down with your Bible um, daily um, and certainly just regularly trying to understand the word increasingly, be molded by it, be shaped by it as we've been saying repeatedly. Um, my elder recommended to me that I try and sit down with some theological classics Um, And just kind of maybe find a reading list of five to 10 books or so and just start developing my theological mind. Um, And these are all kind of practical things that I think every Christian should be doing anyway. But certainly anybody who feels that internal call to preach or is thinking about stepping into that mantle or has been told, you know, this may be something that you want to consider. Those are some practical things that you can do to kind of build yourself along that way. I think, as Richard said earlier, the dialogue between you and your church is vitally important. It is your church who's ultimately going to commend you to step into that office. Um, and then when there are opportunities, so in my case, there may be opportunities, I feel like I take the opportunities to teach that I think are most appropriate for somebody of my experience level. Me and, me and Richard have completely different um, experiences in this. I, I, I would still very much call myself um, very elementary. Um, in this in this kind of field but um it's availing yourself i think because i I do have a sense i do sometimes get the sense that listen if your pastor or elders in your church have raised this with you um even if you don't necessarily at this moment in time feel the internal call one don't rule it out entirely do what you can be doing in your alone time to do things that would ultimately develop those gifts um but also just have continue to have that dialogue, um, and when opportunities avail themselves, take the ones that you think um, are appropriate for you. So listen, nobody's going to say, "Dammy, we're having a conference. Come, come through, man. We, we want somebody to come and take us through the Book of Hebrews." I'm not going to be first in line um, to go there and and do that. Um, but if there's something like a, a small men's a focused Bible study between a group of I don't know, say seven to ten men. Um, that might be something that I feel is more appropriate for me to start cultivating confidence in doing that, and seeing for myself whether actually, you know, this is something that the Lord um, is calling me to do. So, those are some tips from a practical perspective. Mary, as somebody who has done some small teaching, and also as a woman, um, I'm keen to hear how you feel um, that if you if you felt called, um, even if yeah. Let me put it this way, because not everybody who hears this necessarily has the assumption that um, preaching is tied to, sorry, has the assumption that, well, yeah, has the assumption that preaching is tied to eldership and the eldership, um, the biblical example of eldership in in, um, the Bible follows a male headship pattern. How can you help our sisters, maybe who are having this, say, conundrum or thinking through this issue? what kind of thoughts would you give to them specifically
1: this is a tough question and one i haven't really prepared for um but <laughs> my my bad my bad, my bad. <laughs> i haven't i haven't um i've i've actually always kind of linked preaching to pastoral office um so and i think for me when i've i've always thought i haven't always i've always seen when i have done some bible studies i've always seen them as as teaching i don't know if that's a I don't know if th- that link is always necessary, um, but I, I would say that women do have um, and can have teaching gifts. I think there are contexts. Um, and, I, and I think for a woman who is, who, who, who feels that and, and almost feels called in that way. Yeah, t- to look for, for, for um, avenues in which she can actually show that gift. I think, again, the importance of doing that in a local church where your pastor can affirm you and look for ways for that to happen. You know, women's Bible studies, different areas where you can actually be a benefit to the church. Um, whether that could be in your writing, you know, whatever you can kind of produce um, for the church is always going to be a benefit. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's that's something just to consider. Um, I, 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 yeah. So, a woman who does feel uh, called to teach, there are many uh, godly women um, who are who are able to do that, able to sh- show off that gift in in a way that glorifies the Lord. Um yeah and I, I think that would just be the, the consideration I think it's been so helpful that you guys have really mentioned um finding your gift or finding how to serve in a local church context i think of of recent i was I was having this conversation with my friend that there's you know a, a rise of Christian influencers there's a rise of online preachers and people who have ministries and and you just want to see that being in in the context of a local church so you're seeing these guys or these people who have massive followings, they're online preachers where it's like bro please have a local church. Be accountable to them. Hone your gift there specifically before you even go out to do it for for anyone else. So, I hope that's helpful.
2: Um, big facts. Sorry, that you know I'm not gonna lie. Let's stay there for a little bit. By the way, actually, no. First, just before we before we um go back there, because I think that's a necessary point. Mary, I think you're I think you're I think you're spot on really. I think something just to stress to any any sisters who listen to this and I actually do agree. That you know what that preaching is linked to eldership, and that eldership is linked to um, the 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 biblical um, framework for eldership is such that the elder has to be male. In that event, that is the case, and you and you agree with that kind of that line of reasoning. Um, one thing I would still stress is that that in no way means that the that women cannot be more theologically astute aware. Um, um, robust that they cannot, um, they cannot still in the same way Dammy is in one sense, go out and try and to be honest, exactly the same way that Dami is because if Dami doesn't necessarily feel called to the office, um, and if Dammy is not called to the office, then the way that you are able to demonstrate your speaking gifts should be no different to the way that Dami is able to demonstrate his speaking gifts. If that makes sense, there shouldn't be, a, there shouldn't actually be a distinction there. Um, because yeah, I've actually, I've been in churches at times um, where people have actually been told things like, don't go and study this or don't go and study that because what will you be able to do with it if you're not gonna become an elder, you know? And that's that's not helpful. Um, that's not a good thing to say. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because I think it's worth just, you know, just letting people know that actually, you know, irrespective, if you're a guy, you don't automatically um, meet the requirements for elder. <laughs> and if you're a woman, that doesn't necessarily mean that you cannot do, um, the same thing that other men in the church are doing that are not elders as well. You know, you should, that, that, you know, let's, let's draw the lines where the scripture draws the lines and, and, and let's not, you know, overextend our reach. So, so that's worth saying. Um, and then, yeah, just on the point that Mary was making on Christian influences and stuff, like this is shade, no shade. Cause I actually know some Christian influences who are in this position, but get a church like, yeah, like get a church, get Please. yourself under, um, under um, yeah church government, um, don't think that YouTube has given you the right to bypass um, God's God's design, um, and don't think that your Twitter clout means that now you can just be speaking anyhow and not be subject to an elder, Like get a church, um, and that's 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 really significant. Uh, I've seen I've seen people who are online Christian Christian influencers out there. Um, You know, calling out false teachers and all this kind of stuff. But you know the false teachers in the church. Um, as one of my beloved elders would 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 put it, that false teacher is closer to truth than you are. Um, and so yeah, get a church, get, get, find yourself situated within a local body, um, find yourself actually conducting yourself in a way that whereby you're able to Exhort one another, you know, we just spoke about fellowship in the last service, in the last, um, not service or sermon, um, cause Mary says she's not doing them, but you know, we just spoke about fellowship in the last, um, in the last podcast, you know, there's, you actually have a duty to serve the body and it's almost crazy to claim that you're part of the body when you're choosing to be apart from them. So, so yeah, get a church, get, get, get yourself accountable to some people and um, find yourself submitting to some church authority and, and yeah, and, and serve in that way. And don't try and circumvent um, God's authority because or God's design because you think that you've found enough clout to do so. And that's not the way it works. And that's not how you start a church either. So yeah, just want to put that out there.
0: Yeah. Word word and if way. you don't know... Maybe. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real, though. No. <laughs> I, I, yeah, not, sorry, nothing. To, I just need to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you can, if you are cut by that, if, yeah, yeah, think on it. For real, for real. Um, yeah yeah sorry
1: Mary what were you gonna say last thing I just wanted to quickly ask is um so what are things we should be thinking about when we're sitting under preaching um because that that is something that you know in the course of your life as a Christian you might sit under a thousand plus sermons probably even more maybe 10,000 sermons I don't know and it, so when when you are sitting under you know as, as the service is going along and you know okay I'm coming to the part where the the, the word's going to be preached like what are things I should be thinking through whilst I'm there and then as I go home as well, what are like some helpful things that we can be thinking through quickly? Because you know we're running out of time.
0: Um, right, yeah. Um, just going back to this point about the centrality of the of the Word of God. Um, and and um, the message. Um, the Bible speaks about um, God using um, what was foolish to confound the wisdom of the world um, in the preaching of the the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ
2: Word, right, word, right, right.
0: when you're when you're thinking about a sermon or when you're in yeah when you're when you're hearing a sermon um Mary you made the point that that, that sermon should repeatedly be bringing you back to that to that that historical event um and the implications of that historical event um so you want to be hearing Christ um throughout the time that you're hearing that sermon and being caused to meditate upon um uh, the message of the gospel ultimately um because that's that's how faith comes faith comes by hearing the word um and and that then has its sanctifying effect um because it's it's building us up we're thinking about that we're thinking through that what it means for our our daily living so how jesus christ death and resurrection um gives us hope how it impacts our our righteousness how it impacts the way um uh, we see God is holy and, and how we're called to imitate him, et cetera, et cetera. So you wanna be hearing um repeatedly um reference to to the gospel. Um that, that is if we're talking about foundations and kind of bases, again that that would be um the, the central portion I I suggest of, of any good um and faithful sermon. Um sorry, I just wanted to cause I there was a there was a before you guys give your points, there was a there was a kind of question or, or thought that we were going to deal with kind of um, local preachers and and um, what was it celebrity celebrity, celebrity yeah celebrity preachers which is kind of tied which is kind of tied to um, the point that Richard was just kind of making about you know increasingly having Christian influences and stuff and I and I, I wonder I asked in our group chat you know what was the context of this question because I was just thinking you um, know. Now that we're in lockdown, and you have the opportunity to survey so many um, preachers from everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere, it. I. The, and I think Richard put the point of you know what is it like listening to your to your to your your local church preacher and and perhaps like a a celebrity pastor and actually celebrity pastors you, you might be able to kind of break them down even from my perspective anyway you might be able to break them down even in kind of I'm um, kind of have some kind of people who don't necessarily. Um, ascribe to celebrity um so there are there are preachers who are just popular by virtue of their ministry um they've gained popularity celebrity status quote unquote because um their sermons have reached so many people and so many people have been you know kind of transformed by those so i kind of use the term like big evangelical and then you have those people who actually aspire to be in the public like limelight type thing um and then you contrast that with your preacher in your church of maybe like 30 or 40 people who's not the most glamorous or doesn't have the most extensive reach um to all of the world with his his ministry Uh, just on again on this point um because it's fresh in my mind having read it not too long ago um first first Thessalonians, um i think it is is it is it four or five four or five yeah Um, just paul's instructions to the church sorry i'm conscious of time respect those who labor among you and are over you in the lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love my only thought on that is not to um, not to denigrate um, the impact or the usefulness of listening to preaching from some of the most popular preachers. I'm not going to name any names here because it, that might be unhelpful. Um, but you know the kind of common ones that kind of co- co- come up in conversation. Um, absolutely, taking um, you know their preaching and stuff from time to time, use it, meditate upon it. Um, but don't despise your your local church pastor, um, as as Paul encourages the Thessalonian church, like think highly of them, think highly of the work that they're doing, cherish the word that you hear from them on a Sunday to Sunday, because they probably have their finger on the pulse of what the church needs to hear more so than, um, okay, I'm just going to use a name, John Piper necessarily knows um, in in his context in uh, Minnesota, like in, in, in Bethlehem when he was preaching, um, there may be things, particularly during the coronavirus period, I was just thinking about this actually, um, you know, if your church has dealt with a lot of deaths and you're struggling to deal with kind of Christian hope and uh, what's happening with that your local church pastor may be able to kind of speak to that thing um more acutely mm, than if right. you're just if you're just listening to somebody who's able to 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 speak wonderfully about god's justice, but actually that's just you know they're kind of doing a thematic um series of sermons that that is wonderful for you to hear nonetheless but actually may not be the food and drink that you need at this particular time, so yeah don't despise um your local church pastor. Sorry, I'll cut it there. Were there any other things that you guys were cut
2: thinking it. Cut it. Ooh, cut it. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. I don't know why that came to mind. Um yeah, I think just to touch on both the points that you yourself and Mary raised, I think to Mary's point, um, question on what we should be thinking through. Um, yeah, I think I think we should be thinking how can this really elevate my view of Christ? Um and how can this how can I not just hear this and understand it, but live it. I think those, ty- those, those types of questions are, are really helpful. Even just like, what does this mean about my life? Like, it's very easy to sit down on the preaching and to be looking around at the person to your left and thinking, rah, you know, yeah, Tammy needed to hit that point on Pride. Um, <laughs> but actually, like, you needed to hear that point. <laughs> so, I don't know why Tammy is, Tammy, did you need to hit that point? I don't know. No. Um, so, so, yeah, I, th- I, think that's, I think they're just helpful things to, to bear in mind um when you're listening to the word, like yeah, how does this elevate Christ? If the whole of the scriptures is pointing to is 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 really telling us about how Christ Jesus is um the the savior of the of, of the world and 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 the one in whom we ultimately find hope and the one for whom all of this 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 wonderful love story was put together, then 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 we need to see how this ultimately elevates him and what does this mean in terms of like my life now. Um, and yeah, secondly just on Dami's point in terms of like local preachers versus um, like celebrity preachers or, or or clout chasing preachers and and just preachers who are by virtue of of like you said but are, their ministry just quite famous. Um, yeah, I think I think value gifts um, where 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 it's actually you know that a person is a blessed you know a blessed preacher for whatever reason. Maybe they have you know I I know certain preachers are particularly amazing when it comes to expository explaining the text. Some are particularly good when it comes to breaking down an idea. You know others are particularly good at just conviction conviction, conviction, um, you know, uh, but, but, but I think even though that's the case and you can value the gifts, just appreciate they're not your elder. Um, so they're not the ones who have been entrusted, you know, you know, to over, to over, who have been entrusted into whose care you've been entrusted into. And they're not the one who the Lord has placed over you. Um, and so don't idolize their gifts over and, and your Christian clout over God's design for his church. And so I think if you, if you bear that in mind, that will be a helpful kind of guiding tool. And I think just in general, when it comes to looking at these men, just remember that they're all men at best. Um, and so, yeah, don't, don't, sometimes it's because they're in the limelight, it's very easy to, to amplify their failings, um, in, in, in some, yeah, in some really aggressive ways. And I think it's just good to be mindful of the fact that actually they're still, they're still, um, they're still, they're all men at best. And at the end of the day, you know, they're your brothers in the Lord. Um, and so we still need to extend grace um grace towards them so so yeah that's my that's my two cents on those on those two questions
1: yeah thanks guys very very helpful points around preaching i hope you guys have found it useful guys the hashtag is um church in the wild to tweet us tell us what you think who are your favorite preachers what is uh, good oh it lockdown loving lockdown loving hashtag too <laughs> 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 but, oh <yeah>. <laughs> but yeah guys thank you so much for listening um
2: that's it Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Dami.
0: Take care. You'll see it.